And uh, you need to realize that you are a spirit being. You possess a soul and you live in that physical body. You all realize that, don't you? That, that your physical body, that's not the real you. The real you is down on the inside of that physical body. You are a spirit being. You possess a soul. That's your mind, your will, your emotions. And you live in that physical body. So the spirit of a man or a woman, of a human being, is the what? Is the candle. Got this up here, a little candle. We use this as, a, as an example here. This is a candlelight service. So you all have your candles there, don't you? The spirit of a human being of a man, it says, is human being. The spirit of human being is the what? The candle. candle of the Lord. Now, notice in Genesis, the second chapter and the seventh verse, the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground. Now, how, how many of you know we all came down from Adam and Eve? Is that right? How many of you know we didn't come down from a monkey swinging in a tree? Is that right? Now, now I taught junior high for a lot of years, and sometimes I've wondered if Maybe we, <laughs> some of the junior high students I had, I wondered sometimes. But most of them were okay. But how many of you know we didn't come from monkeys? We came from Adam and Eve. Is that right? Can you say amen to that? And uh, the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground. And so there you have Adam laying on the ground. And he's lifeless. Just a body. But notice God did something. What did God do? God, what did he do? He, he, he breathed into Adam's nostrils. What did he breathe in there? The, he breathed into his nostrils and man became a, what? A living soul, a living being. So when God, you know, when, when God breathes, what happens? Now, Adam's spirit goes into his body. He becomes a living being. And this candle, what did it say? The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. And now, Adam is what we would say alive unto God. He's hooked up with God. He's... He's a living being and he's hooked up with the Lord. And you can read other verses there in Genesis and you can see how God would come down and fellowship with him in the cool of the day. And so Adam, this candle, is like Adam and now he's alive unto God. And Eve as well. You know, because God took, put Adam to sleep, took a rib out, made Eve and so forth. But notice in verse 15, And the Lord God took the man... Put him in the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man saying of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat of it. For in the day that you eat thereof you shall what? Surely, surely die. And of course we know as we read on that that. Satan, the devil, in cooperation with the serpent, he entered the serpent and the serpent deceived the woman and she ate of that tree and then Adam was standing right there and she gave him the fruit and he ate also. 
And the moment that, now watch this, the moment that Adam and Eve ate of that tree, guess what happened? Said they will surely what? The lights went out. They were cut off from the life of God. Now it's interesting you study the Bible and read, their physical bodies lived on for hundreds of years. Back there then they lived longer than we do now. And there's reasons for that. I don't have time this morning to go through all that. But they died spiritually. What does that mean? Their, their candles went out. Their spirits were cut off from the life of God. That's not a good thing, is it? And there's something that's even more interesting for us. We're all descendants of Adam and Eve, aren't we? And so when their candles went out, guess what? Look, you all have a candle there? It's out right now, isn't it? That's not good, is it? Mm -mm. So God, in His great love and mercy, did you know, did you know God made a plan to get this candle relit before he ever put Adam and Eve in the garden. God's cool, isn't he? And he's smart. He knows what he's doing. And, uh, but we're all descendants of Adam and Eve, and, and when their lights went out, their candles went out, ours did too. So what does God do? Well, he promises a Savior to relight our candles. Because, see, we need to get these candles relit before we die. Before we die physically. You've got to get your candle relit before you die physically. Because if you don't get that candle relit before you die physically, guess what happens? There's two places you go when you die. One is heaven, the other is hell. If you die with your candle out, you go to hell. It's a horrible place. Don't go there. Dumbest thing anybody ever did is go to hell. You don't have to go to hell. Why? Because God has a plan to get your candle relit. If you die with your candle lit, you go to heaven. And, that, and that's what we all want to do. And it's real easy to, 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 to get your candle relit. But God, see, the, the plan here is this. He promises a Savior to relight our candles. And Isaiah 7.14 says, and we'll just read two of the promises. He says, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. And, of course, the New Testament tells us what that means. What does Emmanuel mean? It means God with us. You need to realize when Jesus was born in Bethlehem, it was God taking on human flesh. And that's what we celebrate this time of the year. God, the second member of the Trinity, taking on human flesh and becoming a man. And it was all to get our lights relit. That was the reason that he was born. Okay? And then notice in Isaiah 9, verse 6, it says, Unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. Who's that talking about? Talking about Jesus. And the government will be upon his shoulder. His name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. And so, excuse me, so in the process of time, these were just prophecies given way back years, many years ago, Telling us that, hey, a virgin was going to conceive and bring forth a son. And, and eventually, he's born. And he's born, what town was he born in? Does anybody remember? Bethlehem. Bethlehem. Yeah. And uh, 
notice uh, in John 1, John chapter 1, verse 1, it'll be on the screen. Now, you need to realize that you have to understand this. Jesus didn't just begin to exist in Bethlehem. How many of you know that? That's when he took on human form. But he was always in existence because he's God. He has no beginning. He has no ending. He's God. But what happened in Bethlehem is the second member of the Trinity, as I've already said, took on human form. And this brings it out here in John 1. It says, verse 1, In the beginning was the Word. Now that's one of, one of Jesus' names as the second member of the Trinity before he became a human being in Bethlehem. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God and the Word was God. See? The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him and without Him not anything was made that was made. Did you know Jesus is the creator of everything? You need to realize that. Verse 4. In Him, now in Him was life... Now, in who was life? In who? In Jesus was life. And the life was the what? Now, that's got my interest because I've got a candle that's out and I need to get that candle lit. Now, you realize, what does this candle represent? It represents my what? My my what? My body or my spirit? Spirit. Good. And it, notice verse 4 again. In him was life and the life was the what? The light of men. So who's got the light? Jesus has the light. And in verse 5 it says, And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Verse 9, talking of Jesus, He was the true light, which lights, now watch this, which lights every man that comes into the world. Now I always like to take just a moment here and explain something because it, it, help, it helps folk. Actually, now look up here. I'm going to do, do, do a little more work with this candle. Really what you need to realize when, when you study the Bible, and this is important. When you're born into this earth as a little baby, you haven't committed any sins or anything. And when you're born into this earth, you're really born alive unto God as a little bitty baby. Now the reason this is important, you need to understand that if a little baby dies... Guess where they go? They go to heaven. God's good. He's a good God. Very merciful. If you've lost a baby in a miscarriage or something like that, it's a, it's a painful thing. But there's some good news at the end. That little baby is with the Lord. So don't ever forget that. But because Adam and Eve sinned, we have that sin nature within us. And all of us will grow and we reach what is called, Bible scholars call it, the age of accountability. Where you become accountable for your sin. You know the difference between right and wrong, you see. And then because that you have the nature of, of Adam in you, and it's sin nature, when a little child, and it's different for everybody, it's different for everyone. You understand that? And I'll tell you something else how good God is. If somebody, ha you know, is mentally challenged, you know, you know what I'm talking about that? You, how many knows what I'm talking about? And they, you know, and they, and they, they grow to be 80 years old, and they never were right in their mind, and they die. Guess where they go? They go in with the babies. Isn't God good? But, but most folk, they reach whatever that age is. Some, some, some might be 12 years old. Some might be, as I study the Bible, I, I find it, and I'll just throw this in. This is my opinion. I, 
There's a scripture in the Old Testament that talks about 20 years old. How many of you know God's gracious and merciful? Little people, little kids that don't know any better, they die. They're covered by the grace of God. It's different. This age of accountability is different for everybody. You understand that? But when you really know the difference between right and wrong, and you sin, guess what happens? Did you get that? Are you okay with that? God's a good God, isn't He? There's no little babies, no little kids die and go to hell. Say amen, somebody. But you reach an age where you really know the difference between right and wrong and you miss it, then that light goes out. Do you understand that? And so before you die, you want to get that light back lit, don't you? And where is, who's got the light? Jesus has it, right? Is that right? So verse 9 says, he lights every man that comes into the world, but you see people grow and they reach the age of accountability and they sin and that light goes back out. Now look at verse 14. And the Word was made flesh. That's Jesus. Second member of the Trinity. Made flesh. Dwelt among us. He was born in Bethlehem. And we beheld His glory, or we could say His light. The glory or the light as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So Jesus was born in Bethlehem. And you really need to realize this. He was born to die. Do you understand that? He was born to die. He lived about 33 and a half years, give or take, on this planet as the spotless Son of God. No sin in Him. He was tempted in all points like as we are. He never sinned. And uh, He went to the cross, Calvary, didn't He? And He died there on our behalf. He took our place on that cross. And He died, He was buried, and on the third day He was raised again from the dead. And He did all that so that we could get our... Candles relit. Is, is it, you following this? This is pretty simple here today. He came to light our candles, to hook our spirits back up to the life of God. And, uh, and so he, he did all that. Born, sinless life, died on the cross, shed his sinless blood, was buried and rose from the dead. All to get your candle lit. But just because he did all that, doesn't mean that your candle gets lit. You understand that? Now, people ask me a lot of times, they say, well, how come, how come more people don't come to the Lord than what they do? Because, see, to get your candle lit, you've got to come to the Lord. Look at 2 Corinthians 4, verse 4, and I'll explain that to you. Let the Bible explain it to you. Here's the reason that people don't get their candles lit. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 4. It says, in whom the God of this world... Now, notice that word God is a small g, and that's talking about Satan. That's talking about the devil. How many of you know there is a devil? There really is. Whether you believe in him or not, he's, he's out there. In whom the... We could say, in whom the devil has what? Has what? Has what? Has what? Blinded the minds of them which believe not. Notice, believe not. Lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ. What is the gospel of Christ? It's the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Why don't more people get their candles lit than what they do? It's because the devil is out there and he's working to keep 
people blinded from seeing that they need to come to Jesus and believe on him and get their candles lit. Did you get that? Okay. So you need to realize that, 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 there's, that there's a devil out there and he's working overtime to keep your candle out. And he'll, he'll, he'll put everything that he can up in front of you to distract you, to get you, to keep your candle out. But even though the devil's out there, how many of you know God is greater than the devil? Oh, he is. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Oh, yes, he is. You know, I just feel impressed to say this now. How many of you know that there's pleasure in sin? How many of you know there is? Anybody that tells you it's not fun to sin is lying to you because sin is fun. Oh, it is. Sure it is. But the Bible says that there's pleasure in sin only for a season. And, and some, at some point that season is going to come to an end. And the Bible says that when sin is finished, because sin will deceive you. And you can go on in sin for a long time and just enjoy it and enjoy it and enjoy it. And really think that, well, I've been doing this sin for all these years and nothing's ever... But the Bible says the finished work of sin is death. Don't ever forget that. But the devil will try to deceive you and, and he'll tempt you and he'll, do, he'll work overtime to keep you with your candle out. But the Bible says that God has called everyone out of darkness into his marvelous light. Now, I tell you what, I've been in the dark. How many of you have ever got up in the middle of the night and it's dark and you're trying to get to the restroom and, I mean, you could stub your toe or you could, all kinds of nasty things can happen. Is that right? How many of you like walking, if you've never been into a room or, or, or you go to a warehouse or whatever it might be and the thing, how many of you would rather go in there if there's light on? Or, or is it more fun to go in there with it all dark? Ooh, I don't want to go in somewhere where it's all dark, particularly if I've never been in there before. I don't even like walking through my house in the dark, even though I know it really well. But I don't want to go in somewhere where I... I mean, we like the light better than the darkness, don't we? And God has called every one of us out of the darkness that, 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 that Adam and Eve got us into. He's called every one of us out of that into His marvelous light. So the question is... How do you get out of the darkness, spiritual darkness? How do you get out of that spiritual darkness? And how do you get into God's marvelous light? Well, it's very, very simple. It's so simple. That's why I said a while ago, the dumbest thing anybody ever did is go to hell because it's so easy to get your light lit. So simple. God made it so simple. It's so, it's so simple that people a lot of times say, can it be that easy? To get your yes, it's very easy to get your light relit. Simple, simplest thing in the world to do. Now, do you think you've got enough money to get your light to pay to the church to get your light lit? You don't have enough money. Nobody does. Can you can you work around the church and volunteer all your time? Will that get your light lit? No. How about you come to church every Sunday and you never miss a Sunday ever? Will that get it lit? No. See, 
coming to church regular and giving and giving of your time and all of that, that's something that people that have their candles lit, that's something that they do. See, if you really are alive unto God, you'll want to come to church. You'll want to serve God. You'll want to do these things, see? But a lot of people think that you can, can, can be water baptized or you can give money to the church or you can do this, that, or the other and get your light lit. You can't. There's only one way. One, say one way. There's only one way to get that candle relit, and it's this. It's to simply repent of your sins. Repent means to have a change of heart and to turn from your sins and accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and believe on Him. It's that simple. The Bible says that getting saved is getting saved. You know what I mean when I say getting saved? You know, getting born again, becoming a child of God, becoming a Christian, you know. It's so simple that a wayfaring fool couldn't, couldn't miss it. Simple. You simply repent of your sins and you ask Jesus to come into your heart. Now let me ask you this. Do you think if you just believe on the Lord with your head, that's enough to... Now, I, this always troubles me because I, I hear people say, well, I believe in God. You know, there's a lot of people believe in God and they're in hell right now. You know, the Bible says the devil believes in God. It's not enough just to believe in God. You have to receive Jesus as your Savior. You ha- he has to become your Savior, your Lord. You have to receive Him personally. Say personally. Personally. Did you get that? Now notice here, just a, just a couple more scriptures here. John 8, verse 12. Look at this. Look at this. Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying... This is John eight twelve. Now notice what Jesus said. He said, I am the light of the world. Well, we've already made that clear. He or she that follows me... Shall not walk in darkness, but shall what? Shall what? Have the light of life. Now, how do you get your candle relit? You get your candle relit by repenting of your sins and and receiving Jesus as your Savior, believing on Him. The Bible says there's no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. You need to remember this. Listen to me. There's not many different roads to God. There's only one way to God. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. Remember Him saying that? And so when somebody repents of their sins and they receive Jesus and they begin to follow Him, guess what happens? The moment they do that, Come on, here we go. They get what? They get relit. They get born again. They become a Christian. They become a child of God. You okay? Now, you're ready to live. Now, you see, we talk a lot about, you know, dying and going to heaven, and that's good. But you know what? I would rather live my life out here between now and the time I die. Get to go to heaven, that's good. But wouldn't you rather live your life down here when you can see where you're going. And you can only see where you're going when you have your candle lit. Is that, is that right? So why do you want to spend the next however many years you have on this earth walking around in darkness? Come to Jesus. Let Him light your candle. Walk around in the light. Praise God. 
And then when you die, you go to heaven. I mean, it's a win-win situation if you follow the Lord. Isn't that right? Isn't that wonderful? And then the Bible says once we begin to follow Jesus, we become the what? The light of the world. Notice in Matthew 5.14, Jesus said to people that believed on him, the people that were following him, he said, you are the light of the world. And then he said in, in Matthew 5, verse 16, he said, let your light so shine before men. See, what am I doing here? I'm letting my light shine before men. That, and it goes on to say that they may see your good works. See, good works will not save you. But if you really got your candle lit, you'll be full of good works. Did you get that? Did you get that? See, see, good works won't get your candle lit. You get your candle lit, it's a free gift. Real loud say free gift. See, getting your candle is a free gift. Jesus paid all that for you. He did everything. All you got to do is receive him, really meet it in your heart. He'll light your candle. But once your candle's lit, then you'll be full of good works. See, the good works don't get the candle lit. That's a free gift. Once the candle's lit, now you'll be full of good works. And let your light shine before men. Why do you let your light shine before men? That they may see your good works and they'll be... Did you know... How many has ever met any creepy, buggy people in your life? Beside me. Can I say that at a candlelight service? I... But you know, how many has ever met, how many has ever met any creepy people? Uh, maybe let's say it back. Have you ever met anybody that bugged you? Have you ever met anybody that bugged you? That, that, I should have said it that way. You ever met anybody that bugged you? Yeah. But what, now listen, have you ever, know, have you ever been outside at night in the summertime? And you light a light. Guess what it does? It draws the it draws the bugs, doesn't it? Can you see why God wants your light lit so that it'll draw all the buggy people? Because He loves those buggy people too. And they come and they say, "How come you're so happy all the time? How come you're so full of full of happiness and, and life and joy. And then you can tell those bug buggy people about Jesus and they'll get their lights too and they won't become bugs anymore. Can you say amen? That's a good that's a good example, isn't it? Now you might not like the buggy people, but God loves the buggy people. And he commands us to love those buggy people too. Isn't that right? I'm no, I didn't know how I got buggy people in this candlelight service, but it's the truth, isn't it? We need to have our light shining so we draw the buggy people. Because Jesus loves the bugs too, doesn't he? Yes, he does. And we should too. And notice in Mark 16, verse 15, Jesus said, Go into all the world and preach the gospel. Why do we do that? Because we're candlelighters. Once your candle is lit, you listen to me, once your candle is lit, Jesus has commanded you to go out and to light as many other people's candles as you can. Did you hear me? Did you hear me? See, it's not enough for us just to get our candle lit. That's good. But he wants us to go get as many other candles lit as we possibly can. Now again, let's see if you learned anything. This candle is symbolic of what? A person's body or, or their spirit? Good, good. So we need to go out and tell as many people about Jesus as we can. Tell them about the gospel and hopefully they'll receive Jesus and get their candle lit. Did you learn anything today? 
Now, what we're going to do is we're going to have a candle lighting uh, time now. And this is symbolic. And uh, I want you to stand up, if you would, and get your candles ready. And before they turn the lights out, now Shelly's going to sing while we're lighting the candles. But this candlelight service is symbolic. And also, too, I like to say this, because this is good. If I went around a room and I lit everybody's candle myself, particularly, particularly you people that want to get out to lunch here, would you rather I go around and light everybody's candle one-on-one? Or do you think it would go quicker if we just I light somebody and they light somebody next to them? And Which would be a better deal? The second one. Is that right? Okay. Well, that's how we're going to do it. And that's the way God has set things up. He doesn't expect the preachers to be the only ones to go out and spread the gospel. He wants all of us, once we get our candles lit, to tell somebody and get their candles. Did you hear what I just said? It it goes quicker. And it's always interesting here in this candlelight service how just from one little candle here in just a few moments' time, if everybody would go out and share the gospel with somebody else, how quick you can get the whole room lit up. So, So here you see I've received Jesus. Now I've got my candle lit. And now what we're going to do is, is I'm going to light somebody else and so on and so forth. And when the, when the light comes to you, you let your candle be lit and then you turn it to somebody right side of you and just pass it on back. Can you do that? And then think about the gospel message while she sings. Okay, go ahead. I'm gonna, you can turn the lights off. There you go. And now I'm going to share Jesus with my wife. She's going to get saved and she's going to go tell somebody and... And so forth and so on. And, and then you, when it comes to you, pass it on. And she's going to sing. There is a candle. In every soul, some brightly burning, some dark and cold. There is a spirit who brings the fire, ignites the candle, and makes his home. Carry your candle. Run to the darkness, seek out the hopeless, confused and torn. Hold out your candle for all to see it. Take your candle and go light your Frustrated brother, see how he's tried to light his own candle some other way. See now our sister, she's been robbed and lied to and still holds her candle without a Carry on. 
turn the lights back on and these candles are symbolic so you can go ahead and blow them out and uh, try your best not to get the wax on the chairs it's we have a dickens of a time getting that off but uh, there'll be a uh, there'll be a uh, container at the door you can put these in on the way out but I want you to just stand there right before we d- we're dismissed I want you to bow your heads with me And, uh, you know, it would be a shame if you came here today, and I'm so glad you came, I'm just so glad y'all came, it's, I believe it's pleasing to the Lord, but it would be a shame if you came here today and you got your, that candle you're holding in your hand, you got that lit, but how many of you know this is just, this candle's just symbolic, it, 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 just it's symbolic it'd be a horrible thing if you just got that candle you're holding in your hand lit but you left here with your spirit not lit did you get what i just said there wouldn't it be horrible if if all you got today was you just got that little candle in your hand lit that was just symbolic see just because you got that candle in your hand lit that that's just symbolic that don't that's just symbolic it would be horrible if you came and just got that lit but you didn't get your spirit lit So I'm going to give you a chance now to get your spirit lit. And that's what really counts. So if you'll pray this prayer after me, I'm going to ask everybody to pray it. I know many of you are already born again, but there may be some in here that are not, that their their spirits aren't lit. So if you'll pray this prayer, now the prayer itself won't save you, but if you pray it with a believing heart, it will. And Jesus will come into your life and he'll he'll light your spirit. He'll hook your spirit back up to the life of God. And like I said, you'll miss hell, make heaven one day, but you'll be able to live in the light, walk in the light down here before that time comes, you see. 
So just pray this prayer after me and, and believe it in your heart. If you do, your, your, your spirit will get hooked back up with the life of God and your spirit will get lit. Say this. Say, God in heaven, I come to you in Jesus' name. I realize I cannot save myself. I cannot, I cannot light my candle myself. I cannot hook my spirit up to you myself. So I look to your mercy. I look to your grace. I repent of my sins. I turn from my old life. And I turn to you. Now I believe in my heart. That Jesus was born. He was born of a virgin. He lived a sinless life. He died on the cross. He shed his holy blood for me. He was buried. And on the third day, he rose from the dead. I believe that in my heart. And right now with my mouth, I confess Jesus is my Lord. Come into my heart, Jesus. Light my candle now. And I'll serve you all the days of my life. And it's in your name, the name of Jesus, that I pray. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Now, if you prayed that and and you got saved here today, when we dismiss, there'll be some men and women stand up front. It's important that you come up and tell them that you received Jesus. Now, coming up and tell them doesn't save you. You're already saved, but it's important that you tell somebody. It's very important, okay? All right. I'm glad I came today. How about you? And we promised you an hour, and I did it. It's all just it's one minute over, so will you give me grace on a minute? Amen. Well, hey, Merry Christmas, everybody. Listen, these nice people are going to sing one last song to bless you, but Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year to you. God bless you.